welcome to episode 22 of the Coach Fury podcast. We're continuing our string of strong women in fitness this week with somebody that really helped set the standard in terms of my online training program, and that is Megan Stryker. So she's going to be coming up shortly. Let's talk about some stuff that's going on in the world of Fury. There's a lot happening. I've been teasing these classes at Fury Industries, a.k.a. Fury's Place in Gowanus, Brooklyn, and they are announced, and people are signing up. We are kicking off February 12th, right around the corner. I'm offering three class styles and a free consultation. So head on over to coachfury.com services for info on classes. You'll also be able to find out about personal and online training there. And the class schedule is up. Look, here's some things going on with these classes if you're thinking about them. They are a small group. So you're going to get personal attention in a class environment that you're not going to get elsewhere. We're going to be using kettlebells, ultimate sandbags, uh, OS, original strength principles, among other things. Folks, you're going to have a coach that not only teaches this stuff, not only does them in class, but also certifies instructors on it. Yeah, I'm going to claim a little ownership on that stuff. So you're going to get a level of care that you might not get elsewhere. So head on over and check that out, right? I'm super stoked. Now, Die Mighty Teas are also still available. Head on over to teespring.com slash livelong, die mighty, T-E-E-S-P-R-I-N-G.com slash livelong, die mighty to get the new Die Mighty Teas. And if you want to support this podcast, and this is something I'm going to be a little bit more serious about this week because I'm really loving this podcast and I actually want to get some gear so I can travel with it when I go to workshops and stuff and certifications. So if you want to become a patron, head on over to patreon.com slash Coach Fury Podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. And you can donate very little, and it will help a lot. I want to get a mixer. I want to get some microphones. I want to be able to pack some stuff in a bag and actually keep this thing going um, outside of just using the video conference software I'm using right now. So if you love this show, if you're a fan of the show, if you just like this guy, Fury, that's me, head on over to patreon.com slash Coach Fury Podcast, and show the podcast some love. And to my current patrons, I love you guys. Um, high fives on a podcast high five. So that's it for right now. Let's get into this show, episode 22, with Megan Stryker. We are still continuing our thread of powerful women in the fitness industry and just in fitness in general. And that brings us to... My amazing guest today, who I just learned, I completely have been mispronouncing her name. It's Megan Megatron Stryker. Um, Megan's an assistant director for grants and is just somebody that's one of those fitness enthusiasts that takes her training seriously. And I didn't realize this, and we haven't talked about this, Megan. I realized you're the only person, I think, uh, as an enthusiast that has done personal training with me, online training with me, and gone through a course with me. You've wow. sort of done like the whole gamut and taken a class with me. So all four <laughs> things that I tend to offer or that I offer, you've done all of them. I so, swear I'm not a stalker. I swear it. Well, thank you for the support and for being awesome. And can you please fill in the audience and any of the blanks I have missed? You're, she's like, uh, Megan, I'm just going to throw this out here. I have a few outstanding members of the online crew that started with me early when I started taking it seriously. Like I'd always train people. And Megan is one of those people that just, um, 
I was constantly loving the feedback she was getting, both when it was critical and when it was positive, uh, and just seeing the results uh, and hearing her reactions to the results, both physical and uh, sometimes just appearance, aesthetics-based, uh, has been awesome. So, Megan, fill in the blanks. Tell, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I enjoy working out. Um, I'm actually quite boring, so I'm not sure what else I want to say about that. But uh, I'm just an ordinary person. I work a full-time job. I'm a parent. I'm a, a wife. I'm, you know, just, I'm just me. <laughs> and, you know, fitness trainers in the world, I don't know if everybody else realizes this. We use the term gen pop, right? Mm -hmm. So prior to becoming a trainer, we're gen pop, or if we're never going to be. It's general population. Yep. But when I teach courses, the more that I'm seeing is, you know, I started as an enthusiast and, you know, made the transition. And a lot of times at courses, people come in and they feel out of place because they consider themselves as just enthusiasts. And I think that line between what I would consider yourself at a high level enthusiast to becoming a trainer, like it's literally, I'm not trying to sell you into the, you know, <laughs> into, into switching careers at all, folks. If you work with Megan, um, don't worry about that. But that line is so blurred. But a lot of times when people show up at courses, they seem either out of place or they're timid. And I mean, I know I did, like I felt really weird coaching people for the first couple of times at courses. What was it like? What was your first introduction to like, not just working out, right? Not just going, I, uh, Megan works at a crunch. Actually, she doesn't live that far from me. Goes to a crunch in, in Park Slope. Don't stalk her. Like seriously, <laughs> don't stalk her. Seriously don't. Um, I could definitely beat you up if you did. Yeah. She's yeah. <laughs> pretty strong. Um, quick hands. But what was, what was the first thing where you like, sort of started getting introduced to something greater than what we consider baseline fitness, especially at your local gym. And I don't mean crunch, like, because you and I live close together. I know it's like right. to go to the local gyms out there. Um, we've both trained at Body Reserve, where it's like a slightly different atmosphere. And to get into like somebody telling me, hey, I want to learn kettlebell snatches and get ups, like that does not happen often yeah. out of like, you know, that type of an environment. Well, I, I tend to, when I'm interested in something, I go all in. And so I think that for me, um, movement and fitness. And, you know, when I started working with you, I really felt like it became training. Um, you know, I, I really, you know, I definitely nerded out on it. So, you know, once I realized, oh, I actually really enjoy this, I want to get a better understanding of what I'm doing, what my body should be doing. Am I doing this right? Um, I didn't always have a lot of resources, like physical people near me that I felt like I could trust. Uh, and, you know, doing a lot of my own research. I got like a ton of books and then, you know, people started putting stuff online and I started, you know, watching videos and things like that. Um, just getting more into it. Um, I think I totally lost my train of thought there completely. No, I think, I think you said it. Like you, <laughs> yeah. we, we both ended up going down our own versions of the rabbit hole yeah. to find out more. What, what year do you think it was roughly that you first started using a kettlebell? Um, I can peg it pretty easily, actually, because um, when I first started lifting weights, I was still living in Fort Greene and going to a different crunch. Uh, and then I had my baby, who's not a baby anymore. And um, we wound up moving when he was about nine months old. Now, in between that time from when he was born to when we moved, um, I didn't have a lot of fitness in my life. I had a very challenging delivery and I had a lot of hiccups in my recovery. I had a C-section and things just weren't, things were not okay. 
Um, and I finally sought physical therapy for the C-section area um, when he was around 10 months or so. And once I went through that, that's when I felt like, oh, now I can move my body in the way that I'm used to moving my body um, and went back to the gym. And this whole time I was paying for the Crunch membership and never used it. And I was one of those people that I can't stand. Um, so I was basically throwing this money away, but I knew that I would get back to it. Um, and then when, I, when my body felt better and I went back to it, I was going to this, this other Crunch location, which had kettlebells. And I was sort of like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder, I wonder maybe I should start trying those instead um, because you know your, your listeners can't see me but I'm I'm small in stature uh, and uh, rather petite and so I never felt comfortable using any of the machines or anything like that so I've always done stuff with um, with dumbbells and then when I got into barbell training I still felt like they're not sized for someone like me um, but when I started uh, working with the kettlebells I was like oh this is perfect like I can pick what fits me and then get stronger in that and move up and, and keep going and so um, and then, you know, I started working with kettlebells. I started reading more about that and researching more about that. Um, and, th and that's how I came to be there. What, what year was that? Do you that think? Oh, sorry. That was um, probably 2012. All right. So I was still, you know, a couple of years in at that point. Mm -hmm. I got into them in, in basically, I think I found kettlebells in February 2010 and went through my RKC in September. And then do you remember how did you find, find me? Was it just through Coach Fury's Kettlebell Club at Body Reserve? Was it no, it wasn't. So in my, in my research on kettlebell stuff, um, I had found a trainer in Boston, uh, Artemis. Oh, Artemis, hell yeah. Yeah, and so she seemed really approachable, and she was sort of a, you know, she's way more muscular than I am, but she's a small girl as well. And I was like, here's somebody who would know some things. And so... Um, I, I just assumed that like all trainers know each other, right? Because why wouldn't you all know each other? Uh, and so, <laughs> so I sent her an email being like, hi, here I am in Brooklyn. Um, I really want to do this the right way. Maybe you know somebody. And she sent me your contact information. Oh, that's awesome. I knew mm -hmm. you had had contact with Artemis, but I didn't know that she was, I don't, or I don't remember that she was the direct, um, connection. And I think it's a good point to point out that like, that that still happens. So if you went by the year of that folks, that's 2012. So yeah, like, you know, there were still, there were two kettlebell organizations at that point because I still get sort of disgusted sometimes when I hear about, I'm only going to look for this version of a hard style trainer and that version of a hard style mm -hmm. trainer, yeah. like Artemis and Eric and I, like we're friends. Like <laughs> if you can't get past the initials yeah. in terms of sending people to qualified trainers, yeah. vice versa, like you really got to rethink what, what you're, what you're looking on. Right. And I'm and here's the, here's the gen pop version of that. It's the same movement. So like to me, like it doesn't, it, it's not making that big of a difference because, you know, a swing is a swing as far as I'm concerned, right? I'm not doing any of the like weirdo CrossFit swings, but like a regular honest kettlebell swing is what it is. So does it matter to me if it's RKC or strong first? Not in the slightest. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I'm not going to lie. That was one of the things that I, when I was like weighing options, I was like, you know, I was so caught up to some degree in dogma and brand loyalty myself that, you know, I just realized at some point, like, I just want to teach people. And quite frankly, like we can get, so whatever the group is, it doesn't even have to be just hard style. Um, that one's just a very obvious one. Cause there's, there's like a direct lineage between them, mm -hmm. but you know, you could be at a, you could be at a bar talking about all this shit going down the rabbit hole of this brand, that brand, whatever, but nobody else in the bar cares. All, all they want <laughs> is, a, is a result, right? If they right. come to you to train, 
they just want a result, which is why I always find it fascinating when trainers now have this big thing about like, you know, check out how many certs I went through this year. But like, would you really care other than knowing I stay on top of my education? I wouldn't. I mean, for me, I feel like, I mean, and also I'm, I'm not like tooting my own horn here, but if I were to look for a trainer, I mean, I, ha- I have one. I don't need another one. <laughs> yeah, no one's, no one's stealing Megatron no. from you, folks. Uh, but, you know, and I, and I see this in my gym and not to knock crunch or anything because they've been good to me and I'm very happy there. But, you know, I can sort of tell like which are the trainers, like if I were going to pay that kind of money to do that in that location, there are definitely ones that I would – um, avoid because I don't feel like I watch them move well and I don't feel like um, they're doing work with their clients that makes sense to me and then there's others that I would like absolutely hands down if I like win the lotto and can like you know spend all this money doing this thing really close to home sure I would you know I would work for, with that person for a couple months why not because they, they seem like they know what they're doing um, so so I, I, and I'm not looking at anything I don't know what credentials they have I'm looking at like I know enough about movement to know that looks right and that does not look good. Yeah, I love that you brought it up. There's something, you know, I've been, I've been doing. Megan's also taken my classes that we relaunched at, at Body Reserve until they closed and I'm about to launch it. And I've been working on my, my marketing materials and my website stuff just to trying to explain it. And what I find is I'm using the words learn and teach a lot mm-hmm. um, because you know, it's not the initials, but it's this ability to learn. Like people should be able to like, when people come to train with a coach, we should be showing them how to do stuff on their own so that like you have. And like what I started picking up is an awareness of what is right and wrong and and why it makes sense. Not just like this swing should look this way because someone told me, but why, like, what's that neutral back looking like? You know, what, Mm -hmm. what, why does that squat feel off? And that's when I start to think that these blurred lines of, you know, uh, training and high level enthusiasts like it really is just a matter of getting a job and like a little bit of onboarding and it would be the difference and I don't say that necessarily again not trying to convert you to become a trainer but this is for the other trainers and I I get them in all my courses there's always one that's just like feels a little bit less than because they're an enthusiast yeah and maybe they're thinking about asking their you know gym owner about doing something or maybe there's a friend that is like, hey, would you train me? And they have that, you know, that drive like I had in the back of my head, but it's like usually like piled on with self-doubt. Like, I'm thinking I could train people. Yeah. Like, I don't want to hurt anybody, but I, I think I could help somebody. I think I could maybe do this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want people to feel, you know, empowered, you know, don't be reckless in it, but be empowered that if you think about it, I mean, one of the things I love about this industry is, you know, you, if, if you just want to do it to express yourself, you can take on one client and you're training somebody. Right. Right. It does, it's not necessarily going to be the path to greatness because it's like anything. You need to put in hours on the floor coaching people. Right. But uh, you can certainly start somewhere. And, and you, you have that lens. You can view as a coach without having to coach people. And I think there's, you know, and I would also make the difference between like, attending certifications like professional certifications versus workshops and I feel like I've leaned more toward the workshop side of things and not the certification side of things Um, mostly because if I'm not doing this professionally I don't really have that extra kind of cash lying around to to spend on you know you know and and the trainers at my gym you know I've been going there very regularly for a very long time and, so, and, you know, every now and then there's someone that comes up to me and is like, why haven't you 
started training people yet. Like, why haven't you done the certification? And I'm like, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to, to do the things that I want to do. I'm not spending however many thousands of dollars that is for what, like, you know, I, it's not, it's not always necessary. I, I think sometimes, you know, when it comes to somebody, so I know for me, the RKC became a New York marathon. I've said this story, but like I signed up for the New York marathon. I was running a lot when I was like an enthusiast and I started getting into kettlebells and then I blew my knee out skateboarding two weeks after I signed up for New York road runners, right. To start doing my races to get into the lottery. I blew it out at the autumn bowl skateboarding. And, um, you know, the, the, the RKC became my, my, my marathon and I wanted to test myself at it. And I wasn't thinking about training people when I started training for it. I started thinking about it as I was training for it. But, you know, for me, that had to be a personal goal. And I've seen tons of friends go through it as a personal goal. Like, I want to see if I can do this, right, yeah. under the circumstances. But for me, aside from just finishing it, I wanted to excel at it. Like, I want to, like, my skateboarder brain is, my drive is, like, here's this thing that I'm interested in. I, I need to get really good at it. Um, but I do think a lot of the times people push, like, you should go through it. You should go through it. You should go through it. You should go through it, whatever the course might be. And to some degree, if you're getting all the information training with me online, right? Mm -hmm. Like just naturally, I'm not teaching you, you know, uh, an RKC or a DVRT or whatever, but you're getting it. I think sometimes we lose sight of what that demand is asking somebody who's not a trainer to go spend, spend $1,200 on a course right. you know, or certification that you're already spending me X amount of dollars for, or this right. membership X amount yep. of dollars for, and then spend three days or four days away from home to go make that happen. That's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like I appreciate the expense you pay for me. Um, you know, well worth it. I would say for me, that was really a turn. Well, you know, that was a real turning point for me physically. Um, and you know, yes, I've been sort of studying this in a, in an enthusiast uh, sort of way. And I was into it and I was, you know, feeling pretty good about myself, but it was totally, totally next level when you started programming for me. And I would not consider myself a dummy in that way, but it was beyond, uh, beyond what I was able to do for myself. What, what do you think, what would you say is like sort of the biggest then uh, using the word provide, what would you say is the, the I and mean, this isn't a sales commercial for myself, folks. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's important to hear this, uh, yeah. not about me per se, but the expectations that one of our, like a client student might have. What would you say was the big thing I provided that was made, made the biggest change in that? That's a good question. I think for me, and, you know, and I'd been working out for many, many, many years before finding, you know, hiring a coach, right, for someone to, to help guide me in that way. I think, you know, I, I wouldn't be strict with myself, not to say, because I wasn't blowing off workouts or things like that. I've always been very consistent in my schedule. Um, but I would, you know, I love pull-ups, so I would do pull-ups every time, right? And, you know, I mean, and I love deadlifts almost as much as I love my kid, you know? And so like, I would, I would deadlift like all the time. Um, so I wouldn't say that I was giving myself like a nice balanced, holistic program. Yes. I was working all of my major muscle groups, et cetera, et cetera. And I was, you know, balancing an upper body with a lower body and a push and a pull and a, you know, a hinge and a squat. Like I, I understand enough about that. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything for myself in terms of long-term 
Um, I wasn't focusing on sort of the progressive overload that, you know, I think the structure of your programs from month to month helped push me towards. Um, I wasn't trying anything new. Um, And, you know, I was definitely ready to, I really wanted to see what I was capable of because I knew that I could do more and I didn't know how to get myself to do more. And you were able to show me all of the extra things that I could do with ultimately less work involved. I was, my workouts have become much more focused and shorter. Um, but like, what else could I do? You know, there, there's definitely that question and, and your programming helped set that up for me, um, to, to push me to be more balanced, to be more focused and to truly, truly, truly achieve. That's awesome. I think it's a good point to make for you know we've had several people on this podcast and and meg listens to most of these i, I, do. I, I believe she I do, yeah. out on particulars cavallos you have a fan I, yes um, a big crush yes <laughs> uh is you know everyone's trying to sell online training and a lot of us are selling online training and there's many levels of online training yeah and i think to some degree you're that perfect example of who is probably the safest going to get the best results of online training because you already had a baseline of strength, a baseline of movement qualities and, and, and your own accountability. So what it is, is providing the map, you know, and one of the things that really impressed, cause I know early on. So, uh, Meg and I's history, Meg every now and then would reach out and we'd have like a one-off session to go over like get-ups or snatches or cleans or something. So over the course of like, so we met around 2012, we just started training together online in early, late 2016, early 2017. It was, no, it was January of 2017. That was, 2017. A, that was the first program. Yeah. It feels like forever. Oh, because 2016 <laughs> is when I did the push. It's, it's like when I first, like, I think November yep. of that is when I started really being like, okay, I'm going to try to do a lot more online training. And, you know, we'd have some back and forth. And, and, and I've mentioned this on other podcasts where people expected to work out longer than they needed to. Yep. Um, and we had uh, not like aggressive back and forth, but questions like Megan coming off of the C-section had some abdominal issues as yep. most women do, whether it's pelvic floor abdominal coming off of whatever very, you know, version of, you know, uh, delivery they have. Yeah. And we had to be mindful of some stuff because you already lifting heavy, but like, I remember planks were hard. Like there were, there were limitations that like you yeah. can deadlift pretty solid load, but like planks were hard. Yes. And I don't think a lot of trainers are necessarily aware of, you know, how to simply do that. And then again, that just worked in my skill set of original strength where like OS is somewhat like perfect for that type of a deal. Um, It has done wonders for my body for sure. That's awesome. In addition to the other stuff we do, but uh, I have to say that that crunch does not have ultimate sandbags. So um, Meg and I use everything else, dumbbells, barbells, TRX, bands, uh, Mm -hmm. and a lot of OS-y stuff there. But we had these talks about the process, right? Like being mindful of perceived weaknesses mm-hmm. and being mindful of that you were going to lose certain strengths. Because I remember the big one was legs and butt. Yep. You were very concerned about like I didn't have enough like, you know, enough legs glute and butt. stuff for me. Yeah. Enough glute stuff in there. Yeah. And then, you know, I just, I, I, and what the great thing was is I was like, man, just, you know, give me, give me, what, I think I, I don't even think I said, I said, give me a month. I said, give me a few weeks. You, you basically told me just trust the process, trust yeah. the process. Yeah. Just, and, and that was, that was hard for me, but I think that was definitely something that I, that's why I wanted this in a way, because I didn't want to have to think about it anymore. 
And I, I, I had to like do a little bit of suspension of, for myself of like, just, just, and which is not easy for me. I'm definitely more of an uptight kind of gal. And so for, to, to convince myself to just like sit back, let him be in charge. I'm going to do, I'm, you know, I'm going to do what he tells me to do. And then we're just going to see what happens. And of course, like magical things happened and I did not lose my butt. So, so there you have <laughs> And you know, you've, you've pretty much any goal that, that Meg's been like, you know, every, every you know, I do check-ins weekly. Meg's actually one of the people you've heard me tell, talk about how some people don't really check in much at all. Uh, uh, Meg is one that like, checks in it's like I've, I crushed this I'm struggling with this yep. and we talk about it and we modify it. but she's also you're wonderful at one, running your own race where you're like you know what I've, I've actually added in a couple of reps here a couple of these things here yeah and I think sometimes you feel like I'm gonna get mad about it but it's like <laughs> I know you respect yourself to do yeah. what makes sense and there's a difference because some people don't I think you know a lot of times people think that you know if this program's only ends up being 45 50 minutes I need to add on 10 minutes worth of work but if we had a full body workout we had a full body workout yeah. I'm not um, adding in extra stuff anymore because yeah. <laughs> you kind of take it as skill training right? right which is what we all want to you know the ideal is is that we're, we're practicing it strong stuff as opposed to trying to crush ourselves with strong stuff. Right. And I think I was maybe doing a little bit of the, the latter before uh, you started programming for me. Awesome. Yeah. But where do you think you're, because you are better than most that I know at whether it's like after work or at lunch, like mm -hmm. you make out, you, you make out your schedule to fit your fitness or your fitness to fit your schedule, which I think I is actually... You, yeah. Do you pre-plan uh, through the month, week to week, day to day? How do you set the time for yourself to juggle your work career and, you know, being a mom and, you know, we're recording this podcast at night because you have a full day? Yeah. So uh, exercise, generally speaking, for me is a, a non-negotiable. It's, it's one of my essentials for maintaining my mental health. Uh, as well as my overall health. Uh, I struggle with anxiety, which I think you and I have talked about apart from the podcast. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the very first suggestions that was made for me when my troubles came about um, was regular exercise is always a good thing, right? It move your body, it can help you sleep better. You can sort of let go a little bit mentally if you're focusing on something else and a little bit of a meditative state. Um, and so I was able to make that my priority for a lot of reasons. And of course it started before I even had a child. So I was already in a routine before I became a parent. I think that's really helpful. Um, so that when my son was born and he's, he's six years old now. So uh, just to give people perspective on that, um, you know, before he was born, I was already in a routine when my time was my own of going to the gym. And I'd sort of figured out what worked well for my body. Um, and it turns out that pretty much every other day is what I strive for. Um, lifting heavy and, and the, the stuff that I enjoy doing, I, even when I was younger, I couldn't do it every day. And now that I'm very, 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 very close to 40, um, I also can't do it every day. Um, but every other day feels really good. So it, it, you know, there are certain things that depend. So some weeks it'll be four days a week, some weeks it'll be three days a week. Um, but if I've gone two days in a row without it, I start to feel antsy and I start to feel uncomfortable and I start to feel like it's, it's time to get back. We've got to make this happen. Um, so I'm really grateful and lucky that my husband supports that for me. 
And so, you know, on the, on the days that I go in the evenings, um, I get home a lot earlier than he does. He works later hours. And so um, I'm basically changed and ready in my gym clothes uh, so that when he walks in the door, we sort of like, we high five and like I tag out and he takes over and I go to the gym so that I'm home by a reasonable hour. Um, and that, that's usually like a later night for me. We're usually eating at like 8, 30, 9 o'clock for dinner that night, which that kind of sucks, but that's the trade-off for me. Um, on the other side of that is uh, my job is, um, it's a challenging job, but uh, it's not demanding in the sense that I have to work a million hours per week. So it's definitely just a straight up 40 hours a week and no one blinks an eye if you leave for your lunch hour. And so I often leave for my lunch hour. So if I know that we're in a, a period with my husband having like a, a project that he used to work late on a bunch, like I just plan to go during lunch instead. Um, and so I feel very grateful that that's an opportunity for me. I know that a lot of people don't have that kind of opportunity, um, but you know, there's a, there's a crunch a few blocks from my house and there's also a crunch a few blocks from my office. So, awesome. so that makes it super easy. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying too hard to go somewhere. It's super convenient. And I think that makes a big difference as well. Uh, I love that, you know, when I get the updates in and, and that it is so consistent because you actually train more consistently than I do lately. And <laughs> I know, you know, I, I've been so wrapped up trying to get, you know, essentially since Body Reserve said they were closing and even yeah. starting going into Body Reserve because, you know, we, you and I had spoke about this. I was, you know, talking about renting space in there. Yeah. And, um, you know, started to build up the morning class, was hoping to do more. And then, you know, got the word that they were closing, which is just sucks. Cause that's the place that I got my start at as just like getting back to become a strong dad, right? Like you're yeah. a strong mom. I wanted to be a strong dad. Like my whole story basically starts with body reserve, you know, having my daughter and then body reserve. Yeah. And then now coming up to being able to launch classes in, a, in a, like a week after this comes out, I'm like, I haven't been getting my training in. I just taught this RKC. And it's different because I'm demoing all day. So I'm shot at the end of it, but it's not like training. Right. It's work, but it's not like, yeah, it's not, it's not focused work. Yeah. And then I came home yesterday and just spent 20 minutes doing some DVRT stuff. And it's just, you know, movement just feeds the soul. And I don't think that's like an enthusiast brain. And I deal with like anxiety as well. Yeah. Uh, I've got a, the, the anxiety part. I've got pretty much under wraps. I'm not going to lie for me leaving visual effects, even though I sometimes miss it. I think a lot of my anxiety stemmed from that. And clearly I would imagine now in hindsight, you know, since the marriage at the time when I started is over, I would imagine some of that was, you know, internal drama for that, not cause oh, sure. my wife, but Movement just feeds the soul. And I don't think what I would have loved, and I think like one of the great things I hope this podcast shares and, and, and why I want to get more folks like you on this as well, and not just fitness professionals, is like you just, someone out there might just be feeling shitty and, and not know why, or very much so know why, right. but like doesn't find, you know, they have all their other outlets. And movement or strength or fitness might not be it, or they might be afraid to see if that's it. And it's just, it doesn't have to be complicated. If anything, I think my programs are actually pretty simple. Mm -hmm. um, it's just to go for, for, for people to go out and try to experience like a dedicated four weeks of just trying to focus on movement at least a half an hour a day. Yeah. Like that's it. And, you know, I know I, I'm looking in the mirror when I say this sometimes. I don't get workouts in and I'm like, 
fuck, I should have gotten that workout in. And people will be like, they have no time. But you know what? I bet if I went to, you know, if I got 20 people that said they had no time to work out, I bet I can ask a name game of what was the last show you binge watched. Yep. And everyone will have one, right? Yep. Like almost everyone will have one. And, you know, all you needed to do is like just drag out unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt or stranger things like don't finish it quite as quickly right. one episode a night is fine yeah and, then, <laughs> and, and, and get a workout in yeah um but I but I you know I used to I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm so virtuous and I'm this dedicated exerciser my whole life I didn't start working out consistently until I was in my 20s so like this was, this is not something I was definitely like a nerdy dorky kid and um, no. you know, oh yes. <laughs> oh, stop. Uh, yeah, I was hard to believe. The hard right? to believe is the nickname of Megatron. Hard to believe. Yeah. So, uh, I'm definitely nerdy, definitely like not athletic or, or I didn't know that I was athletic. And now looking back, I sort of wish like someone had suggested that to me because I think I would have like killed it somehow, you know? Um, but, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't, it wasn't until after college, after I was already living on my own for a, like a couple of years that I was like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe this was going to help the anxiety and I should give it a try, you know, but if this is, you know, I was definitely that person that was like, I would work and I would come home and I would, you know, fart around and do nothing and then like have no time to do other stuff. But I mean, I think, you know, you, you make the time for things that you find meaningful, I think. And, you know, I don't have a lot of free time. I, you know, I work a full day and I, I don't stay up late. I go to bed by like 10, 10, 15. So like, I'm not actually working with a whole lot of free time. And, you know, my weekends are definitely spent with my family. And so, you know, you, you make the time for what you want. And to me, this is just so important to to how I feel overall. And, you know, and you talk about being a strong dad, like I want to be a strong parent, you know, when the zombie apocalypse apocalypse happens, like I definitely want to scoop up my kid and, you know, run and jump over a wall. Right. Like if I have to, so, you know, that, that, that's like a real, you know, that's a real consideration. It, it very well could be. Yeah. And I, you know, I wanted to ask you that. So, you know, we both have, we, we've, we've both been into fitness through our kids growing up. Right. Yeah. So like your, your son's six, mine are now almost my daughter, Sadie's almost 11 oh, and, goodness. And Ben's eight. and like, you know, she's, she's a big kid. I don't mean like heavy, like she's always been 90 percentiles height and weight. Like she's about as tall as her mom. Um, you know, maybe four inches, four to five inches shorter than Kim and I, like she's big and Ben's eight. And, uh, you know, I, I'm seeing where like, all right, I'm a strong dad. Like I can press a lot, but now I'm actually feeling where like now in particular, I need to maintain this because now yep. they're not light paperweights. Yep. It's easy to claim. This isn't disrespectful on you, but it's easier to claim strong parenting until they hit like four. And then they actually start putting on some body weight and all of a sudden you're playing <laughs> and you're throwing them around and you're picking them up to go on like, you know, stuff. And you're like, wow, no, you weigh like 50 like to 90 pounds. Yeah. Yeah you know, a hundred pounds and you're like, Oh no, that's, this is legit now. So it's interesting for me, especially with, with, with my daughter that I'm like, I really now is when I need to be very mindful of how I'm training that mm -hmm. I can stay strong on one level, but also stay mobile. So I don't end up in a weird position yep. that, uh, you know, I go to pick her up in cause I can, 
and yet like I'm in a weird alignment or something. I don't mean guys like you shouldn't have to like perfectly deadlift your kids. Don't, don't <laughs> get crazy on that. But how has it felt and how have you felt the change as your son's gotten older and you've clearly gotten stronger yeah. and, and more mobile in my opinion? Like how, how what, what is your interactions playing with him, carrying him around? What has that felt like as you've gotten stronger? Um, so I, I feel like I've so far been able to keep up. The, the thing that's going to kill us <laughs> is, um, so my husband is super, super, super tall, and I am not. Uh, and it's clear that my child is uh, going to be super, super tall. So he's, um, he's only like a foot shorter than I am right now at six. <laughs> he's like maybe like 14 inches or so. Um, but he's, he's a string bean, so he's still, he's not quite 50 pounds yet. Um, but, you know, he also isn't super into being up all the time the way that he was when he was a kid. Um, but I've definitely noticed, you know, that we're sort of keeping pace with each other in a way. So the thing that's going to break us is that pretty soon he's going to be my height. Um, I'll probably still be able to lift him, but it'll just be more awkward because he'll be like bigger than I am. Um, and that's probably going to happen by the time he's in like third grade. It's ridiculous the way he's growing. Um, <laughs> That's insane. I haven't met your husband yet. He's he's almost six five. So. Oh no way! It's a big dude. Because you're not short by any means, but uh, like I'm, I'm five three. Are you? You guess, carry so, it yeah. well because you're Thank so you. strong and fit. Your confidence sells it. I've got I've, I've got, got good posture. <laughs> yeah, I'm five three. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Um, yeah, it's been interesting for me that this year is the year that I'm like, oh my gosh, like the kids are getting bigger. And I need to work a little harder to maintain that because you can take it for granted. But I'm also seeing now, uh, you know, as they get older, I'm sure you've seen this, the personalities really start to develop. And and now I'm thinking, really, it's not like it used to be so much about like playing with them. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, I really want to just be around for them, you know, longer years. I start doing that fucking mortality game. Oh, yeah. They're X amount now, so I'll be 60-something when they're this. What if they yep. get married then, grandkids then? Yep. So I know that line between, you know, I want to be able to pick them up and throw them around as much as I can is part of my goal. But I'm also like, how do I, like, make sure at, like, 65, I can really, like, move around and do stuff? So you stuff. can be present, yeah. And that's, you know, I definitely think about that. You, you probably don't know this, but my father died when I was 19. Oh, and, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah. And uh, so it's definitely, you know, I, I'm aware of what that's like. Uh, and it was through no fault of his own. You know, he had cancer. It's not like he was this like incredibly unhealthy person that like drove himself into the ground. Not at all. Um, but, you know, I do consider, you know, how, how are the ways that I can best position myself to be as healthy as I can be in an effort to avoid that kind of fate? You know, that that's not something that, you know, I, I would never want my son to go through what I went through. And, and he will eventually. I will die eventually, right? Um, but the hope is, like you said, like, you know, maybe when I'm like 80 or 90, right? Not when I'm like 50. That would be, that would be less than ideal. Well, I heard something that Google, I don't know if it was a Google person or something, said that within 20 years, we should be able to have basically automated clones of ourselves that we can download all our consciousness to. So there's that. You'll I just truly made a major face. That's pretty creepy. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. And, you know, between some of the clients, I generally haven't trained too many people in like beyond 60. 
Mm-hmm. I've definitely worked with a lot of people in their, you know, anywhere from 20s to like, you know, mid, late 50s. Okay. But what I have witnessed is there's definitely, when you look at his preventative longevity care, I don't want to say healthcare, but preventative longevity care. Cause like, you know, cancer can come in, car accidents can come in. Like there are things that are out of our control yep. coming off of Graves disease this year. Not that it was fatal, but like, I was like, Holy shit. Like this is something now that's part of my life. Um, you know, it, it's, if, if you, the later you take to pick it up, the harder it is to get where I think you want to go. And then it becomes a wall. Yep. It does become a user lose it thing. And, and I know that's part that's both really upsetting to me and like scary to me. I agree. I agree. And I, and you know, it's funny you say car accidents. I, you, I don't know if you remember, I was actually hit by a taxi. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and I, I, I credit my recovery to the fact that in even the accident itself, so I was crossing the street and um, a car made a left turn when the car had the green light. I also had the walk signal and uh, he just plowed right into me. Um, and there, and I did fly through the air and I landed uh, in the middle of the street, um, mostly on my right hip slash pelvis slash butt, um, and unfortunately also my head. <laughs> so I had a major concussion. Um, but the surprising thing from the medical perspective was that I didn't break or fracture or sprain anything. Uh, and uh, the emergency room doctors, as well as the, like a therapist that I had seen afterwards, credited that to my muscle. The muscle that I had on my skeleton protected my body from a, a more dangerous fate. Uh, and so like, I've never been more grateful <laughs> for deadlifting right. than in that moment, you know? Um, but, on, and then, you know, the aftermath of that, I think I, you know, I had to take um, six weeks off uh, of doing just about anything from the concussion. Uh, and I was able to get right back into the gym. And, and I think that again was because, um, you know, I had that foundation and once you have it, um, I I've been so pleased to see at other stages of my life as well. You know, I had this neck thing over the summer, um, you know, and it, it doesn't disappear. It doesn't disappear. And I would say that, um, I'm, I'm back to where I want to be for the most part, except we're not snatching again yet. Um, but that's not yet. I know I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. Um, but you know, I and I, I think I'm so I'm so glad that I have that to rely on because if I didn't have that, how much worse would these other things have been? Yeah, I know. So I I, I blew out my shoulder skateboarding, forgetting what year it is. I want to say 2006, but I think that might be a lot. I think it might have actually been 2006. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was always skateboarding to the point or BMXing that I I would be able to go a lot, do my, you know, whatever tricks, try whatever I was going to try. And, you know, I'd fall a lot and I'd get back up, but I was also not training, Mm -hmm. you know, it was like whatever it was. And I know when I blew out my shoulder, the recovery from that hurt so much, sucked so much. Like it was a nightmare. And I remember like freaking out one night and I was probably, probably pain medicine induced, but like, just, (laughs) I like couldn't fucking handle it. And then when Three, almost three years later, not far off, you know, I mentioned I blew out my knee in the same pool that I blew out or the same wood bowl I blew out my shoulder in, you know, I, I was able to get back up and get myself out of there. And I felt yeah. that something was unstable with my knee because I had an awareness of it. But, you know, I went in 
I was strong enough that the doctor at first didn't think I blew anything. Like even my surgeon didn't think I blew anything based on how stable I was. And they're like, well, you should go back in, you know, let's get an MRI just to be sure. And I, I just completely severed my PCL. Wow. The PCL is like the front back one. You usually hear ACL or MCL. So right. I, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's more stable. And I was basically provided with two options. Like a lot of people just go rehab and I'd probably do really well on that because I was already strong, but probably within 10 years, you'd have a lot of arthritis. Mm. And then on the other side of that was like, um, you know, surgery, you know, you get a cadaver tendon yeah. um, put in. And I was lucky because apparently like just two years earlier, it was a much more gnarly surgery. So I went for surgery and I went into surgery being like, I know I need to bite this bullet and deal with it. But I was also kind of terrified because of how bad the shoulder was. Right. And one I wasn't in shape for, the knee I was in shape for, the knee I had mobility for. The knee was a friggin' piece of cake. Not that I want oh, people, I to, people to go through it, but I, I was able to tie my shoelaces. Like, sure, it hurt and it was sore, but like, I was able to get range of motion and strength back quicker. And there's just, you know, stronger people in some ways, this isn't ego-based, are harder to kill because you are literally training adaptations to protect yourself. And when yeah. you say how you landed better, you know, your, 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 your muscle, when we talk about, you know, armor building and fitness, like it yeah. literally help protect you. Yeah. And there's so many ways that could be, you know, when someone slips and falls and, you know, they don't have the stability to land well or to recover before even falling. Yeah. That's all part of fitness to some degree, folks. Like there's luck involved in that, but like go through an OS course and practice OS. And I guarantee you, your coordination is going to improve. And there's just all these tactics that I, I think so many people view fitness as being this annoying thing you go to the gym for or that they don't understand or that seems torturous or arduous or, you know, they have, um, you know, this impression of what a spin class is or a yoga class is. And I, I took one once and I don't want to do that stuff again. Right. Just, there's so many different styles that we can almost meet anyone's, well, I shouldn't say almost, we can meet anybody's needs. And if you I haven't found, yeah. if you haven't found a good class or a good coach, like look around, I'm not saying it's me. If you're an asshole, I don't want to work with you, <laughs> <laughs> but you might find someone that's like, you're kind of asshole that wants to work with you. Right. Like, um, and that's the glory of what we do. Um, but I'm glad you shared that story about the accident, in particular and of your dad. Like, uh, uh, you, we, we've talked about the accident, but we've never talked about your dad. Like I, I can't even imagine. And you know, that's a whole part of that die mighty message is as best that, you know, the die mighty message is to live as long as you can staying mobile. Right. Yeah. Like I, I don't want to have a scooter at Disney with my grandkids. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly there's stuff like anything can happen, but I've never been one of those just like, just accept that anything can happen. Like you gotta like hope for the best. Yeah. And, plan and for you the know, yeah, set yourself up for success. Right. There's, there's nothing wrong with planning to be amazing. Oh, that's a good one. You should <laughs> motivational quote that that should be a, a handheld selfie video, promotional video that everyone loves writing, make, you know, shooting right now. That's awesome. Here, I'll, I'll give that to you for free. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what are your top three favorite exercises? Oh, deadlift. Can the deadlift be like the top two? No, no I'm, I'm going to make you okay. split it out because I know okay. you have others. I'm not fishing for an answer, but I, I, mean, I know two of them. You've named one of them. I don't know what three would be. Okay, so deadlifts and pull-ups. If I did nothing else but deadlifts and pull-ups, I would be super-duper happy. 
Um, I, you know, I gotta say, I'm really loving the challenge that crawling is giving me these days. I knew so, you were gonna say crawling. I wasn't expecting pull-ups. Oh, really? What were you? What were you gonna say? I don't know. I was gonna say maybe you were gonna say get-ups or um uh, or pistol squats. Oh yeah, no, those are fun. I, I, so I love I love what I get from the get-ups. Um, pistol squats just just super cool. I just like being able to do that. Um, but I think you know pull-ups are definitely especially for a woman and especially for, uh, you know, a, a, a smaller, like I don't read beefy to people. And so like, I just, I love, I never get tired. And this is purely like my own selfish thing, but I just never get tired of, you know, people watching me do pull-ups because no one expects me to be able to do them. And when I go up there and I bang out a set of like eight or 10 and it's like, yeah, I am awesome. I can do that. <laughs> Yeah, you and I worked, are. And I worked really fucking hard to get there. And, you know, and, and there are a lot of women that come up to me in my gym being like, oh, my God, I'm never going to be able to do that. How did you do that? And I'm like, look, literally, I'm telling you the truth here. If I can do it, anybody can do it. There's nothing that's special about me. There's nothing that's special about my body. I just put in the time. And I put in the time to get my first pull-up. I put in the time for almost a year before I got my first pull-up, my first unassisted pull-up. So if you want it bad enough, just go get it. Like I, I'm, there's no, there's no tricks here. You just, I, I, I put in the time and I, and I, and I took out what I wanted. And like, that's the thing for me that I think is so satisfying about, about training, about working out. Let me ask you this. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put you in the coach's seat. Ooh, okay. I, I'll say, well, let, let's take the pull up for example. Sure. So if a woman comes up to you, what would you give her other than patience you know, sticking to it. Two tips to learn a pull-up. Um, that's a good question. I would want her to know how to, like, how to move her shoulders because I think people tend to either yank with the front of their body or yank with their shoulders. Um, and I would, I'd want to see that, they're, that someone knows how to engage their back muscles. I think that's really important. So like you, they'd have to be able to find their lats, they'd have to find their, their shoulder position. Um, and then uh, I, would, I would suggest what worked for me, which is I got those long bands uh, that you loop, you can loop around like a, a top fixed mm -hmm. structure. And then um, I started by putting both my knees into it and then just one knee and then, you know, take the knee out and was able to do it. I mean, I, I already had a strong back for the most part when I started training for that. Um, that's, I mean, that, that might be how I would approach it. I don't know. Does awesome. that sound fair? No, it's us. Awesome. I mean, yeah. I gotta be honest. We don't, we don't put the knees in the bands, but at MFF, like basically you're doing pull-ups usually out the gate, either uh, in an inverted barbell row or TRX row. Oh, uh-huh. Sure. And then going into, which you've had, you know, yep. um, and then going into using bands on the pull-up bar. Yeah. Uh, but just foot in, not, not necessarily the knees in. That's awesome. I think I use knees because the, the, I don't love all of the equipment at Crunch. There's no, there's no, there's no great rig for me. And so, yeah. so when I was training, when I was starting to train um, pull-ups, uh, I would, I would put the, the bar on the Smith machine all the way at the top and I'm short enough that I can hang from it um, with my knees bent and not touch the bottom. You know, so. it's, an odd, it's an odd one. Body Reserve had like one like pull-up slash dip station that I always thought had like worked as like the shittiest pull-up bar too. It's weird how on some big box gyms, yeah. 
and bigger machine based mom and pop gyms like body reserve was like that there's not a great pull-up setup fortunately in most boutique gyms now you get your rogue rack or your rack from perform from perform better yeah I and would love that, to work with one of those. And it's got that <laughs> sweet rack built into it, that sweet yeah. pull-up rack built, built into it. Yeah, I would, I would, that's like a big dream for me one day. Like when I win the lotto and I can like join any gym, I would join a gym that has a good like pull-up system happening there. Um, so what I, I wind up, um, and also because of my, my smaller stature, um, even the, you know, the, the rigs that have like those handles that come off of them, yeah. um, I'm always doing neutral grip because the, the, pull-up grip ones are simply too big for my body. It's not a natural stance for me. Um, so I just, I just want a plain straight bar. <laughs> it's like, just give me a bar. That's all I want. People are going to start to think you're a hobbit doing pull-ups. <laughs> you don't seem to come across that small. I'd say the two best, the two best rigs that I've had, uh, you know, I, I basically learned how to properly do pull-ups at Five Points Academy on one of those taps bars, which is like anybody that did an old school RKC or SFG, it's the ones we would set up. And RKC has made this great one now. Dragondor, I should say, has made this. Is it, is it the freestanding one? Yeah, they're yeah. freestanding ones. Because the one thing, even with a rogue rack, depending on what, what height you have at that, is a lot of them, you 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 know, if you want to load a kettlebell, say, on the foot or something, mm -hmm. like you're, you, you don't have the height. You know, I've got a pretty decent wall mounted pull up bar in my apartment, but I don't have enough ceiling height. So I'm always struggling that like optimal position versus ceiling height and, and depth, you know, heights from the floor. Yeah. Um, but I know in, in, in historically, I think women push ups and, and chin ups and pull ups have been like the hardest things for them to overcome. And, you know, those are things that even you had like mastery of even before we started training with. You've gotten stronger at them. Yeah. But I, I just thought that was impressive because you, you sort of, I know you've worked with other trainers in the past as well, but like that you found those and, and, and spent the time to get there. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think I sort of said this in other words before, but this, this is the one area of my life where I feel really confident that if I do the work, I will get what I want from it. And like, you can't say that as a parent, right? Like you can't, like, there's no control there about like, oh, if I just, you know, try this technique with my child, he'll behave perfectly. And it just doesn't, <laughs> like, it, that doesn't work. That's not real. Um, but, you know, in the gym, if I, if I put in the work, I, I will usually get what I want. Now, do you find your workouts fun or do you find them like, do you look forward to them or are they like something you try to get done? Oh, I always look forward to them. It's it's like my only alone time, really. That's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm never alone. Like, even if my husband is working late, like, I'm with my kid. And even if he's asleep, he's in the house. Like, and, and I know I'm not alone at the gym. I, I get that there are other people there. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't have to talk to anyone. No one's asking me any questions. No one's, like, in my face. No one's like, Mommy, can I do this or can I have that? Like, it's truly the time that's just for me. And so I look forward to working out for that. Um, but I have to say, you know, I know this isn't your commercial or whatnot, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I've been very, very, very pleased with the programming. And, and I won't lie, there have been a couple of months where I've, I've looked at what you've emailed me and I'm like, really? Is that the thing that we're going to be doing? And, uh, and then I get in the gym and I do it and I'm like, oh, okay, now I understand that was awesome. Yeah, so. I said, well, thank you. I, you know, the trick with programming sometimes, and, and we had a big conversation about this in, in at the Georgia RKC, which you weren't a part of, is, is you know, people want to be entertained to some degree, and I want to hit your goals. 
And if we're properly progressing and looking at certain things based on goals or things that have come up or, you know, sometimes there's things that almost will seem like a step back to go forward. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, you know, it's a rare thing in fitness where in a, in a building you can build a killer foundation and then build all the floors. Yeah. But it's hard to go back to the foundation. Whereas in fitness, I feel like you, there's always a point where you can go back and feed the, and, and bolster the foundation and sometimes those months are, you know, they might not seem so dramatic on paper, but then you feel great during them. Yeah. I know, like I just sent my buddy Mike Tools program. He's like, you know, this looks kind of easy, but I'm sure it won't be. And I'm like really excited. It, you know, and look, I don't, I'm not perfect. It might be like, well, maybe that wasn't the best of ideas, but more often than not, it, it, it leads to something bigger than that one month might be. Cause that's what like progressive training is over the course of a lifetime. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it doesn't need to be constantly upping each other or raising the bar or entertaining for entertaining sake. That said, I'm not against entertaining and doing stuff. Because that's a whole other line of dogmatic training where it's like, you have to be serious about your training. And I'm like, well, it's great if you're serious about your training, but you really just need to train. Right. Because I'd rather you not, not be yeah. serious. I'm not looking this. to it for entertainment. Like that's, I mean, that's why, that's why God invented Netflix, right? Like, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, but I'm, you know, but I'm, I, I want it to capture my interest. Yeah, completely. Um, but, but I think, I think it does. There's, you always put something in there that I'm like, how, how is that going to work? Or what's that going to feel like after this? And it's funny, I was looking through, you had posted that photo of me to advertise this podcast. And I was looking back think, at, at like, what, how, how did he get that photo? Like, where did that come from? Oh, and I trolled I, you. Yeah, of course you did. Um, <laughs> my husband wants photo credits, by the way. <laughs> um, and I was looking back at some photos that I had posted, and I think you had posted a screenshot of a text that I had sent you um, yep. after one of your one of your my first instances with like I think it was like a day two or something, and you would put snatches after like multiple like high rep deadlifts, and I was like, holy shit, I can't believe I did this, and also like fuck you for making me do this, <laughs> um, but like things like that, like you just never know what it's going to feel like, and of course I'm sure I looked at that day and I was like, awesome, I get to do all the deadlifts, and then I get to do all the snatches and then when I'm at the gym I'm like oh I think I might actually die right now so but I'm I'm gonna do it anyway because like coach told me to do it and I'm not gonna back down so you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) you do give me some of the best feedbacks like sometimes they're super technical or like you know like you know like I felt my glutes on this one this was great this felt blah 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 and you're the one who'd be like yeah well my ass feels like it's on fucking fire that's wonderful and I was able to do this this and this and you know, like, it's great. <laughs> um, but we've also, like, you know, you, you, one of the things that's really cool with you, too, is, like, you know, we've had to modify programs and, and you know, go back. Like, you mentioned the thing that happened with your neck. Yeah. And, you know, those things are hard to wrap our heads around sometimes, and they're bummers. But you've always been able to go back to the process, whether it was mine or your physical therapist. Yep. And, and find that trust, you know, and thank you for it. You know, and I'm going to say thank you for your physical therapist because now you're back at it. Yeah. Minus snatches, and it's not like they're far off because you're sort of the work you're doing is creating a baseline to say like. It is. I can feel it. I feel Um, it. I'm almost ready. I think that's awesome, and I think that's another aspect. What I love about you and 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 being your coach 
is not everybody feels that way. You know, like it's just, they get just too down too quick. And that's where a lot of people fall off. And very few people ever finish like a physical, you know, I'm, I never really finished a proper physical therapy protocol either. Where like, you know, I got like, I got sort of clearances from surgeons, but never really from my physical therapist to go. Mm. I'd like, I'd get to a certain point and then I would just start like doing my own thing and then hope, <laughs> hope for the best. <laughs> and, and I have to be honest with my shoulders and my knee. I think the only thing that actually stopped me from throwing myself back in the hospital is I just happened to be lucky enough that I found fitness modalities that would do good work for that stuff regardless. Like yeah. I think if I was, if I wasn't aware of DVRT sandbag train, ultimate sandbag training and kettlebells and, and, you know, Indian clubs and OS, I think I would be wrecking my, would have wrecked myself and probably had a second knee surgery or shoulder surgery. Um, it's interesting. It's, 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 it's kind of, and that's what I, you know, however you found that initial drive from deadlifting to finding Artemis, you know, like it's a big gap and that's really freaking cool. Yeah. I'm I got to get Artemis on this podcast too. Oh, you do? She'd be great. I was hoping to get out to Vegas last year and it was either go to Vegas or like really enjoy the honeymoon. And I opted on the honeymoon, which I think was a smart, smart choice. That was a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, holy, it's been an hour. Megatron. Yes. So this is a weird one because everyone else has been a trainer and I'm like, tell them where to find you. Do you want like... Instagram followers? I don't, I don't think, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't need people finding me. Thanks. Hey, Thanks hey everyone. Me. Like, the stalking ends when I tag her on Instagram and Facebook. So don't stalk Megatron. But I will say this. Like, uh, I hope, especially for the parents out there, you know, uh, male or female, moms or dads, you're, you're talking at two ends of the, oh, two sides of the same coin, but they're not even that different. Like we're just two people that found fitness in one way or another and then use it to support ourselves as being parents. Right. Cause I, I do okay. think I sometimes trip on the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 45 and I just don't feel 45. Like if this, what, how I see myself in the mirror and I'm not like some super stud by any means. Like I still look like a lot like me. I'm just, a little more muscular, a lot more tattooed, hella bald, but I've been bald for a long time now. But, you know, what that means from what I can do with my kids and also how the kids see me is mm -hmm. huge. And I can tell you right now, this gap from 45 to 50 doesn't feel like it's going to be such a dramatic change in my life in any way. And then if I can get to 55, like, yeah. because we're doing, we've, we've found the right things right and we're something yeah, only i'm not scared yeah i'm not scared of turning 40 it, I, I also i'm the same as you i don't think i look like i'm close to 40 and you know certainly i don't know i just i don't feel like i feel like it I feel like when we were kids and like our parents were 40 it was such a different kind of age yeah. and like i'm just i'm not it's not comparable in any way right now so i'm so, not scared about that I love that you said that. Like, I just, I really, I want people to realize, like, it, it, that's what fitness brings to you. And, mm -hmm. and, you can, and you can think you don't have the money for it. You could think you don't have the time for it. But, like, really, what the fuck do you have time for other than investing in your health? Because it literally provides for everyone else you're around. Your kids, your lovers, your family, your partners, whatever. 
If yeah. you want to play video games for the rest of your life, it will allow you to play video games longer for the rest of your life. And, and, and more pain-free because you won't have all the postural shit from sitting in your fancy computer chair. Um, I just, I really can't stress enough that coming to grips, and I don't mean coming to grips, it sounds so much more dramatic, but like the number hitting 45 seems like I'm rounding up to 50. And I'm like, I I don't think I move like a 50-year-old. No. Not what not. I imagined. Right. You know? And I know when I see people in their 60s and 70s that are just, you know, 20 years older than me, and clearly I'm not there yet, but I just see that there's a, a world that if you start now. You can have a better quality of life overall. I, I, I'm high-fiving you through yeah. the video conference <laughs> thing that nobody's going to be able Nobody to Nobody can hear. see, yeah. Here's the audio version of, of Meg and I just high-fiving. Ready? That was a yeah. high-five, folks. That was perfect. That was perfect. Hey, Meg, you're awesome. Thank you for training with me and coming on the podcast. Thank you. This was such a treat. <laughs> oh, it's so cool getting to chat with you. Uh, can you tell the listeners to die mighty? I, I can. I can. Everybody, die mighty. Awesome. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, and thanks for Meg Megatron for coming on. <laughs> I was so happy when I found out her name. And though I haven't seen the picture yet, you can guarantee by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be of Megatron, the first Transformer, not a, not a Godzilla character. <laughs> um, this one's an easy one to send over to Glenn. Hey, folks, um, if you're interested in training with me, maybe Meg sparked a fire, but that's not why I had, had her on. If it sparked the fire for you to train with anyone in your hood or literally just to sign up and take a class, that was what I had hoped to get from, from Meg on. She's someone that inspires me because in some ways she's even more um, uh, accountable than I hold myself sometimes because sometimes I'm looking at the people I train more than I look at myself. So thank you for that, Meg. And um, if you want to train with me, visit CoachFury.com. Classes are officially starting in Gowanus in my apartment, a.k.a. Fury's Place, on February 12th. The schedule is up on the website. There's a form to fill out. I'll have prices and, and sign-up stuff and all the legal schmiegel stuff within the next five days. So this is all happening. Or you can do online training, or you can do personal training, or you can go to your local gym and just start moving right? Just start moving. But with like education, don't just start randomly doing stuff. Vet your trainer a little bit. Like make sure like they're not like, you know, like Meg said, when, when you start to learn what you're doing, you can see who moves well and who doesn't. You want a trainer that knows how to move well. Don't judge it based necessarily on appearance or age or whatever. See how well they move. Cool. Uh, so that's a tip. One to grow on. And now you know, and knowing is half the battle. Hey, if you get a lot out of this podcast and I get a lot of messages and like literally at the last RKC, I got quoted a bunch of times, visit patreon.com slash coach fury podcast. That's P A T R E O N.com slash coach fury podcast. And look, you can donate anywhere from 50 cents and up to the show. Uh, and it would go a long way. I actually am really starting to get my head around it where I've been keeping this thing so on the cheap because it's coming out of my pocket where I kind of want to buy microphones and a mixer now so I can go on the road and meet people when I'm teaching and do podcasts there. So I want to reinvest in the show and do some other stuff with it. 
but uh, I love you anyway. At least go and give me a rating or something on iTunes or somewhere. It, well, that sounded needy. You know, just keep <laughs> But if you feel so inclined, I'm going to do the show with or without you. Not Meg, but like listeners. I hope you're loving it. But if you're somebody that's like, I'm still going to do it. If you don't feel like donating, but you love the show, I'm still going to do it. So I'm here for you. Thank you for the support. That went long, went long. Uh, and as always, thank you to Glenn Urieta for the artwork. It's going to be <laughs> Megatron this time. <laughs> and uh, the FTW for the metal music. Ridge Carpenter for originally making the Die Mighty thing. And I got to give a shout out to my wife, Kim, who uh, laid out the new Die Mighty t-shirt teespring.com slash live long die mighty teespring is t-e-e-s-p-r-i-n-g.com uh but she's also just been very supportive and starting to do more stuff at the apartment because uh it's a lot when <laughs> you have the kids have a really nice bedroom and you've taken over the office for your training space and then you're going to take over the living room to do some classes a few hours a day so uh love you babe uh hey everybody until next week we're continuing this thread of powerful women next week. I'm not gonna let you know who it is yet, but we're continuing. It's gonna be at least four weeks of killer women in fitness. So everybody, goodbye until episode 23. The Coach Fury Podcast is created, owned, and produced by yours truly, Steve Coach Fury Holliner for Fury Industries, LLC. Music provided by the FTW. Visit the ftw.nyc.com for band, album, tour, and merchandise information. And the artwork is created by Glenn Urieta. Visit glennurieta.com. That's G-L-E-N-N-U-R-I-E-T-A. Or on Instagram, at Glenn Urieta. Thanks, everyone.